Exotica. Welcome to Baz Chat, where Baz Schneider and me, Kevin Rye, take a look at the practical side of fan engagement. This week, fan journey mapping. Resources are in the episode description or on fanengagement.net in the news section. And don't forget to like, subscribe and share. Enjoy the episode. So, today's subject, Baz, introduce it to me, please. And to yes, you. fan journey mapping. And fan journey mapping is a technique of basically analyzing how a supporter experiences a match day. So, basically, you'll put on some, some uh, fan shoes and you will walk the journey. Because it's, it's interesting that uh, during all the conversations that I've had uh, over the years with many marketing managers, Asking around, how, how much do you sit in the stands? How much are you uh, in the shop during a game? How often are you uh, buying a beer uh, in, the, uh, in the concourse during a game? And almost always I get a response, never. Because they, of course, as, a, as an employee, you have all these extra rights. But how do, you, how do you get a good insight on what the fans are going through if you are not walking their walk? So fan journey mapping is something that's been, I think, since the beginning of the fan engagement domain, it's already been there. It's what I've learned in 2012 from Manchester City and from Mark Bradley, as we mentioned before. Um, and I think it's a fundamental exercise to understand what fans are going through. And also it, it has this sphere of mystery shopping, which is great. Mystery fan shopping, because it, it exposes how a club um operates on a uh, regular match day and it exposes the sort of the gaps in the fan experience that you may not have found out otherwise so um you're going to introduce us to something called um the lego wheel a lego experience yes. wheel right but people are going to go why are we talking about lego so yeah. why are we talking about lego buzz well the- that's what that's what this is based on the lego uh Lego has developed this system uh, many, many years ago, if not a decade already, uh, where in the, the, the Lego park in Denmark, they've created this sort of a, a experience wheel, uh, which goes from the point of um, when am I buying tickets uh, for the Lego uh, Legoland in, in Denmark, to how do I find my information, to how do I uh, found out, find out uh, what my traveling options are, to uh, when do I need to arrive, to what can I eat inside the park, and basically going full circle from door to door, um, opening the front door to leave to Legoland, actually a bit before that, uh, buying tickets, finding information, etc., to the point of arriving back home. Legoland sees that as their responsibility to provide a good experience, because a good experience makes people come back. Uh, we all know that that uh, retaining customers is way easier than uh, acquiring new customers. Therefore, this is something it's built upon. Now, Manchester City has, for example, further developed this and transferred it into the into the football domain. And several attempts have, have been there. And I think it's good that we just run through it and to see how a model like that uh, works. Okay, so um, just one little um, thing I'll insert here is um, there'll be lots of people 
maybe people who don't normally think about what's going on behind the scenes when you go to a game and that kind of stuff. And we are going to talk about um, customers and the notion of customers, because I think actually mm -hmm. it's important to understand, and I'm, I actually say this more and more to people, that look, fans are customers at points in that relationship. It's not all, um, it's not all about um, the dynamics of a, of a relationship between two, an institution and a, and a, and a, and a fan, a, you know, someone like me, etc. Sometimes I'm buying something, mm -hmm. and just because I'm a fan, in fact, more, almost more importantly, because I'm a fan, I don't want to be treated badly. So, actually, it's really important. It's why I want us to talk about this stuff. It's why you're so keen to talk about it. Is, is you know, these people are the most loyal, loyal people they will you will ever have, um, and they will keep turning up when it's when the games are bad. So let's make sure that when the games are bad, they can at least make sure you can at least make sure they're treated nicely. Um, there yeah. should be no there should be no compromise there. So I'm very very happy and I'm very content to call to be looking at customer stuff because I think this stuff matters when you when you go to a game and I and I like being treated nicely. So I just want to kind of underline that. But let's get on with it because because it's quite fascinating for me as yeah. someone who doesn't know an awful lot about this area. Baz, go ahead, mate. I think you spot. Yeah, I think you're spot on actually because that the fans, of course, they don't like to be called customers because hey, I'm not a I I'm not here for uh, for buying a product. I'm here for my my life and this is part of my identity. But if only in sports we would uh, see fans more often as customers, because that also also you know, with that also comes a sort of uh, a service mindset, and that service mindset I think we can still uh, um, yeah grow on um within football within sports in general and i've seen many many good examples lord's cricket ground incredible for example uh, how they really have catered to all demands of all uh, fan groups uh, that are uh, that come there and i think uh, yeah this this let, yeah, let's dive into it i would say okay. because this this yeah. is gonna help that okay go ahead buzz because we are we are on a slightly tighter time schedule on this episode <laughs> 20 odd minutes per episode we can you know want to get something Get something useful for everyone. So go ahead, Baz. Start explaining. Right. So if you want to do a fan journey mapping, a couple of things are important. First of all, I think it's it's important for you as a club to understand what is the model that I want to use. Uh, I've already this uh, mentioned a couple. There's the 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 Lego wheel, which I've I have on my LinkedIn as well. Uh, I, there's an example of that and uh, applied to Inter Milan case. But I think it's it's just good to understand. Okay, what model applies to me? Uh, and adopt that one or find a different one that, uh, again, Mark Bradley uh, can uh, probably uh, uh, provide, I can provide. There's, there's a lot of uh, examples of that wheel, but what it does is it needs to track the entire customer journey from, again, finding information about the tickets, uh, how to arrive to the stadium, etc. That's important. So first of all, find a model that works. Second of all, of course, you need to uh, understand who's going to do the, uh, the mapping. Um, first of all, it's very important for staff members who work with, uh, who work directly with fans. So marketing managers, uh, commercial managers, etc., to do this once in a while, because they need to understand, okay, what are the actual journeys that fans are going through and how can I improve that? So Baz, can I quickly interrupt? Yes. This, this is something that you should be doing maybe once a Before season, then. maybe a couple of years, just checking in what your journeys are. So you could do that through a survey, maybe. Yes, find out well, how. 
yeah yeah there's there yeah there's not a there's not a set frequency i would say but i, I would definitely recommend once a season because then at least you can also track over time if you improved or not so first of all decide who's going to do it i would always recommend do it as a staff yourself but then for another game invite fans to do this because if uh front a front office staff sees you as an employee and just make you walk through the through the experience of course they will show their best uh because that's in the end that's what they they want to do they, they want to show that they give a great experience but what's the best part about it is the mystery fan shopping where you actually invite some families for example i, I always like to do that exercise to invite some families to run through the fan experience make sure that they go through it because then you get a good measure of what a regular um what a regular experience is like that's first so that's that's the second point first first point was find the model second point is uh find um determine for yourself who's gonna uh, perform the exercise another good preparation for that is of course these these families let's stick to the example of families uh, need to have a long form questionnaire to fill in with a lot of open uh, boxes so they can uh, give you additional information. Because there's a difference. This is not a survey where you have a closed set of answers which you analyze, which is great as well. But this is a this is observational research, and observational research comes with a lot of description um, on what uh, what they experience. Yeah. So, so just just so people are clear. That means um, the open format, not the closed format of questionnaire yes. where you write your answers rather than tick boxes. Yes, exactly. On. Yes, exactly. So the, make sure to crea create a long form questionnaire uh, with a lot of open answers. So uh, the, the mystery shoppers, the mystery fans can, uh, can fill that in. Plus, it's always nice to collect some incentives for the participants as well, obviously. So make sure that, uh, I don't know, you invite them to, uh, to a supporter event, uh, the next supporter event that you organize or make sure that there's something special uh, waiting for them or a signed jersey or whatever. Um, second big step is who to involve. I think it's it's very important to understand, okay, which internal uh, stakeholders should not be informed because again, it's a mystery, uh, it's mystery shopping. So uh, the ones that need to be informed, make sure that they're informed. Uh, but for example, don't, uh, don't um, inform. Make don't, make sure that not the security that the security is not informed. Because if fans do not are not able to enter the stadium, there's something wrong in your fan journey. And remember, this is what we're mapping. Make sure that your that the front uh, front end uh, front desk staff of the merchandising store is not informed. Because if they purchase an item in the shop, which you will instruct them to do. You want to find out, do they get a proper experience? Yes or no? Are staff members actually friendly and trying to help them? Or are they just being a couple of grumpy people, which costs you revenue again? So that's very important as well. How to collect these fans, how to collect these families. You can do via, uh, via an open call on the website uh, for a mystery shopping uh, project. You could uh, also uh, try your support to liaison officer is he, if he has uh, um, if he knows anyone, that's that's most important. So we've discussed how to prepare, and we've discussed who to involve. Important next step is how to execute, uh, and this is of course uh, again relevant. So make sure that you 
provide all the information to these fans up front. So you should not be in touch with them during the match day. Um, so meaning they need to have uh, the form up front uh, sent to their homes already because they are they need to purchase their tickets themselves. Again, we're mapping the fan journey. So if something in the purchase process goes wrong, this is the way how we want to find out. Uh, so make sure you will refund them afterwards, uh, of course, but make sure that they, they can run as naturally as possible through the fan journey. Now on match days, they uh, will obviously will go um, uh, run through the event and you will not uh, see them. Then an important phase as well is, of course, afterwards to get the results back again. So make sure you meet with these fans in the stadium. Uh, preferably on a time most convenient to them to discuss how they filled in the form. Um, I've done this exercise a couple of times with different clubs, and it's always good to not only get the forms, but actually discuss it with them. This is discussing it afterwards or discussing yes. it before? Discussing it afterwards. Okay, good. Yes. Okay. Of course, before you need to discuss it as well so they understand all questions correctly, so you can call, uh, call through them, uh, call through it with them. But afterwards, I think to get the most information out of it, it's good to have an actual sit down with, with these families that have filled it in for you and uh, to, to just to run through the answers. Now, when you, when you select these families, it's always important, of course, as well, to make sure that you have a bit of like a variation through the stadium. If you all have fans that are sitting in the same section, Obviously, you will only measure the fan experience in that section. If you only invite uh, families, you will obviously only, uh, only measure the, the family fan experience. So also make sure that if you can find a couple of uh, different type of fan groups, the ones that have been sitting there with their friends for 20 years already, the ones that are uh, just yeah. brand new and uh, are That's sitting in the hardcore section. That was what that was what I was going to ask you. That actually there are these people who turn up to matches week in week out, yeah, and um, who can be yeah, perhaps the hardcore, the ones who make the noise during the match particularly, and quite often they will turn up to matches and get a very different experience from the smiley family stand because um, unfortunately <laughs> the stewarding, the attitude of some uh, you know amongst some. Some stewards, not not you mm -hmm. know, not saying suggesting all, but I remember conversations with Amanda Jackson, the Football Supporters Association, about problems sometimes with the way that perhaps stewards do and don't welcome fans. That if you're in the hardcore section, then you sometimes are viewed with a bit more suspicion. And yeah. actually, it's quite nice to be welcoming to those people as well because they're very loyal to you. You know, they're very important people. We'll keep coming. It's a, it's back. the same. It's it's the same thing that you see with policing around matches. If there's less police, there's a less aggressive atmosphere. If there's a lot of police, there's often a very aggressive atmosphere around the game as well. And that's the same with stewards on those those uh, yeah. Yeah. hardcore sections. Well, uh, yeah. So, so, but I like this because actually, it's um, it's good. It's recognizing yes that there'll be family groups and um, you know things like that. But actually, this is a, this is something you can apply to everyone. And it's a good thing also that you mentioned the SLO because this gives the SLO a purpose that's beyond simply, I think, actually, if you're starting to engage with, the say, the hardcore groups, you, you mm -hmm. follow you every week, you make the noise, et cetera. Um, it's starting to help you as a club to engage 
actively with people who your SLO needs to have relationships with. Yeah. So actually it takes, even though this is quite a customer experience, fan experience area in, in many respects, it's actually taking you to the point that you need to be with some of your fan groups. You, you're starting to build relationships amongst them and 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 that gives you a good way to get to them doesn't it so that's exactly really, this is a good thing yeah carry on mate exactly and what i've what i've experienced i think it was now three years ago when i was speaking uh, for the premier league like a slo meeting before that the league uh, started somewhere in august um a lot of slos were present there as well and they all then they all sort of were based in different departments of uh in the club one was marketing the other one was communications another one was was again somewhere else i do think that they are the absolute perfect people to ex to execute these kind of exercises as well because they need to understand really well what the fan experience is lacking what the fans experience is great at they are the first point of contact with the supporters so this is this is a very valuable exercise uh, exercise for SLOs to do uh, as well. So and rather than as I, as I mentioned before, rather than them doing it and everyone recognizes them, therefore getting a great treatment, it's even better to have these incognito uh, supporter groups performing this exercise so you get mm. an actual representation of what a fan experience is like in a general term. And so if anyone wants to understand this. Um through something like you know through, through an existing um industry standard you mentioned the mm -hmm. lego wheel the lego experience wheel it's quite fascinating it's got a lot of detail on it and when you look at um what it does it, you know you think okay so buy tickets go to venue um experience things go on rides whatever um uh, get home and that's it this Lego experience wheel has, I can't even count how many uh, elements. <laughs> it's incredible. Um, and well, in, it's, it's really, you know, um, and this is just to do with a, it's basically, it's fascinating because it's, it's actually <coughs> really good strategic tool. I could imagine using this to break, you know, this is a bit like if people are aware of a Gantt chart, G-A-N-T-T, yeah. where you break everything down into its into the, the smallest detail you can um so that you can understand how to deliver a project and you can share the work and that's how you that's how you use it this is a bit like that um are you, you going to make this available because because in terms of understanding mm -hmm. the sort of things that a fan has to go through or anyone has to go through let's say in this case to take a flight um the example on your linkedin page is someone taking a flight to new york um is and it also creates the there's the profile of the person so you know who they are and you know yeah. some indication about what they might be be um what they might be after and what they might want to experience or whatever and he got these huge amounts of detail so it's i mean it's absolutely fantastic piece of um of and, what, and what exactly and what i like about this experience wheel is that it's uh it, it tries to find the wow factors but it identifies basically it's it's has identified every single step in a in a very every small step that you go through but which you will then by the way label with a, a happy smiley face or a sad smiley face or a neutral one but yeah. then they also have some make or break moments in between it so for example during a flight is your seating comfortable or not 
that of course will determine when uh, getting five complimentary chocolates during a flight will vanish up in smoke if your seats are terrible. So you will spend money on those five chocolates as a, as an organization. But yeah, if the seats are terrible, then still it would not be compensated by those five chocolates. Now I'll put one little, um, uh, one little caveat on this, um, which is where customer experience and the ability to choose something over something else. And, and uh, which doesn't really happen in football. It might, you know, when people turn up for the first time and they might decide to go to the club across the city instead, but it's yeah. generally not really like that, um, um, is that a lot of these points um, are, in a sense, in my view at least, a kind of, they might be seen as less of an obligation. But I would say, um, because you're not trying to, it's not so much about trying to attract and retain, attract new customers and retain new customers, attract new fans, retain new fans. It's about retaining and, um, you know, uh, uh, it might be increasingly become about uh, uh, customer acquisition, about fan acquisition and new fans coming because we don't know what's going to happen post-COVID. We've talked about that. No. Right? But but what I'm trying to get at in, in a very bad way here is that um, <laughs> th this sort of stuff, the impacts of it um, and the reasons for doing some of this are not going to be the same if you're a football club or indeed say a rugby club or something like that, because these people aren't, their, their loyalty isn't determined by price or experience, but that almost makes it more important, doesn't it? When you're a fan, because mm -hmm. you should be repaying their loyalty to you, which is a crazy form of loyalty, which is determined by things that are in our, are not in our logical brains. They're, they're in here. And um, that's actually in a way why this could, this is a really important thing because you're rewarding a kind of loyalty that you just can't get anywhere else. Yeah, well, let me move this into, into the language that the CEOs and senior management understands. As soon as you, as soon as a fan has purchased a ticket, you're in a retention game. As soon as that ticket is purchased and they haven't even left the house yet, you're already in the retention game because the clock starts ticking on am I going to repeat this, this uh, sale, yes or not? And that clock already starts ticking. Uh, so the retention game does not happen after the experience has happened. The retention game starts when the product is purchased and that is then... Uh, when you need to, uh, when you when you need to understand as a club, okay, this if I want this customer to return again and again, it needs to be a good experience, and this experience wheel will really help you with that. Uh, just to round up for this um, uh, for this 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 wheel as well, which is of course very important. I already said that you are collecting all the information from the fans, uh, a session afterwards inside the stadium, wherever. Now, the most important part is as well to analyze this, this data and to report back internally. Um, because often this is an exercise that doesn't happen that much yet. But I think that um, uh, while you analyze this, you will discover uh, certain aspects of the fan experience that does not perform well yet. Say the queues were too long or uh, for the toilet or food and beverage quality was bad. Now, the responsible manager needs to, of course, um, know about these findings that your families have done so he can improve that. So 
this is a really important part as well to actually to make sure that you make uh, make a list of these departments performed really well and give those compliments to the people that are doing the hard work because we're not giving enough compliments to great staff uh, that do that. But also make sure that you distill all the the um, the improvement points that you can find that the that the fans have reported back to you and. Uh, write an action plan on that go, go talk to the responsible managers say okay are there any quick wins do we see any quick wins that we can do are there any long-term things like toilets for example requires big investment if there's not enough toilets so that obviously is is one for the longer run but make sure you sit down with them and you form an action plan uh and that that's that's the way how you can use this and and to improve it and maybe you can even uh already um, schedule a follow-up say okay you know what in six months we'll do this again and see if this has indeed improved select new families do a new round of this uh, fan experience yeah. observational research and see if that specific aspect has improved yeah, yeah. families or, or indeed as you said you know could be hardcore fans um and um one, one thing that i think i'll just drop in i think i see this as potentially um it has, well, it has great potential for if you're having your fans parliament meetings for example who yeah. will often talk about um experience issues ticketing issues issues on the concourse issues on wall cut problems with stewarding perhaps um or or with your supporters trust if you're meeting regularly with an active group an, act, an active group of independent supporters uh, or indeed in your fans forms but particularly in the in the sort of closer meetings these are real i think these have real potential to, to give those meetings some shape and purpose. Yes. And instead of it being, you know, oh, there's a set of minutes once a quarter where the fans say, well, well, this isn't good enough or, well, that was okay, but blah, 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 and we've got this problem. If you're feeding these sorts of things into the system, it's keeping everyone focused on what their purpose is. And in the end, the purpose of fan engagement is not simply to have interesting meetings where we all stroke our chins and say, uh, you know, isn't it great that we're all sat around uh, engaging with each other? It's about actually making a difference to the way the football club operates as well as how it thinks. So I think the beauty of what this sort of tool is, is that it is, is that it can be used at all sorts of different levels, at operational levels to improve staffing. At, at exactly. A, you know, of, of, exactly. And the work that staff do, but also can start to actually give a strategic flavor to it and get and and it can start to talk to the center if you want to call it so that's a terrific piece of work that buzz can you just tell me um look i've taken some copious notes and i've obviously got things from you anyway because you send me stuff in advance to look at <laughs> um i i uh, is there anything else um that we should add i mean i suppose what we can do is we'll have a chat after uh, mm -hmm. over email or whatever and what I will do is make sure that in the episode um, description that we put um, some notes uh, and also some links. So we'll provide that, won't we, Baz? And you'll provide any extras. Yes, I will share uh, for sure the document that I already have on my LinkedIn page where I describe what steps to take, uh, how I've uh, translated the Lego experience wheel to, uh, to observe a match of Inter Milan, what the good points were, what the bad points were. Uh, I will definitely share that. Uh, final note on this as well is that no research comes by itself. This is, of course, a very uh, piece of research with open answers and a small sample of your fan base. <clears throat> this should always add 
uh, this should always be run next to uh, fan surveys or this should always be run next to focus groups. These type of researchers feed into each other. So your focus points for this experience wheel could have also been identified already from the results of a survey. But this could also feed back into, hey, you know what? For the next survey, we need to ask more specifically around these specific topics. So it's one exercise. It's very valuable. It's, it's something that doesn't require a lot of preparation, but it gives you a lot of insight on how you can improve and what you're already doing really well. Excellent. Thank you, Baz. Um, I hope everyone enjoys this. If they can give us any feedback, we'd, 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 I'm sure we both welcome it. And um, we look forward to recording the next episode. Mm -hmm.